And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones. And today we continue in our subject matter, Rapture Road, as we look at a verse-by-verse study in the book of 1 Thessalonians, looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And today's program is dedicated to Dr. Ryrian as he passed away a few days ago. So we want to keep him in prayer and thank the Lord for all the wonderful work that he put forth for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he could open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the blessing of this day. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share your word. Speak through us, Lord, so that those listening can uh, just grow in their relationship with you. And, uh, Lord, we do lift up the Dr. Charles Ryery family at the loss of their father, a great theologian, a great man of God, a great teacher of Bible and Bible prophecy. And, Lord, we just thank you for him and uh, the legacy he left behind in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're turning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition as we continue in the Rapture Road, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. How are you? I am super blessed, Nathan. Uh, I'm very happy that these tornadoes did not hit us. They passed right through. Absolutely, Nathan. That's the good and the bad of living in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're safe, brother. Thank you so much. And Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. And of course, uh, we've been uh, taking this incredible journey uh, through the Rapture Road, and it's been exciting opening up the scriptures, and you've been a great part in uh, opening up those verses to us. Uh, but Nathan, before we continue, I do want to um, maybe just have you share briefly a little bit about Lamb Lion Ministry, and also... Uh, as we dedicated this program to Charles Rarian, you're familiar with him, aren't you? I am indeed. I indeed. I went to Bible College at Philadelphia Biblical University, which is now called Cairn University, and he was a professor there, one of the ones most of the students feared to have because uh, he would put you on the spot. <laughs> Fortunately, I never had him as a uh, professor, but my wife did, and uh, he was a very challenging, very good. His books were required reading, you know, like So Great Salvation and Dispensationalism Today. I learned a lot, and I never got to meet him in person until about uh, two years ago at the pre-trip conference here that's held in Dallas every December. And I saw this old man with a walker trying to get through a breezeway, and he was he couldn't get the door open. So I thought, oh, this poor old guy. And I ran over to, to, to help him, and I looked at him like, Hey, wait a minute, Dr. <laughs> Charles Ryan? And his, his shoulder sagged, and he realized, uh-oh, another theologian fan. And I said, yes, I'm Dr. Charles Ryan. And I said, oh, you know, I get all excited, and I'm talking with him, and can I get your picture? He's like, can I, can I get out of the doorway? <laughs> Poor guy. So, yeah, I heard uh, just four days ago, he had uh, called Dr. Tommy Ice, who's also with the pre-trip study group, and, and his voice sounded really week and uh, it only took four days before he passed away yesterday which was uh, uh, February 16th of 2016 and but uh, he was just a few weeks shy of his 91st birthday but brother he'd been teaching and preaching and been a great professor he was a guest on our television show Christ and Prophecy so folks come to our website lamblion.com and just uh, type in Ryrie in the search and you can watch that Christ and Prophecy episode a great episode and uh, get to know about who was a theological legend who now, brother, I envy, because he now knows what we long to know, 
what it's like to be with Jesus Christ up in heaven. Wow, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And yeah, Nate, I was sitting next to you there in that pre-trib, and you pointed him out to me. So uh, wonderful memories of these godly men, right, Nathan, that God has brought in our paths and just a wonderful legacy that they left for us. They did. I mean, he was one of the top theologians of our time period, uh, one of the best teachers. And yet, you know, he wasn't up there in the clouds. Right. all systematic theology. He was gifted at bringing complex theological and doctrinal subjects down to the every man's level where I'm at and so that I could understand his word. And so we lost a great legend of the faith and I pray the Lord will raise up new ones to take his place. Nathan, you know, you hit a good point, and I, I want to first and foremost thank you and Lamb Lion Ministry for airing our program, that interview that you uh, interviewed me about a year or so ago, and we talked about making Bible prophecy uh, simple, right, Nathan? And we just love that. Yeah, besides having Dr. Charles Ryrie on our television show, Christ and Prophecy, we had Pastor Vic Batista, and uh, for folks who are like, wait a minute, I haven't seen that show yet. That doesn't air until this weekend. But once it does, it's a dual interview with uh, uh, Pastor Andy Woods and also you, Vic. And brother, it was great. I loved how you explained why, why churches, why pastors need to be teaching Bible prophecy. And brother, it's a great interview, and I appreciate it being on our program. No, it's our privilege, Nathan. I'm just excited because God is doing such a wonderful work. And we see we have these incredible godly men uh, that are passing on. They're graduating. They're, they are getting the glorified bodies. Uh, Tim LaHaye, Ra Charles Rowry, and, and Nathan, we, we get to talk about that. We get to encourage people to see, man, keep your eyes up because the Lord is coming. And if he doesn't come in our time, sooner or later, we're going to meet the Lord anyway. Right, Nate? Exactly. Now, now, bear in mind, Tim LaHaye is still alive. So yeah, yeah, well. He is about uh, 90 years old, so uh, you know, he, he's up there as well. I know we lost Noah Hutchins uh, a year or two ago. He was also on our program. He was in his 90s and still preaching and teaching. So and did we Pentecost? I don't think it's a retirement for, for us ministers, is it? No, no. And did we Pentecost? We, we uh, dedicated one of our programs about a year and a half ago because he also went to be home with the Lord. So they're, they're getting up there in age, some of these teachers. They really are. And it, it's kind of scary. The, the new generation uh, doesn't seem to have the passion for Israel, doesn't seem to have an interest in Bible prophecy. Uh, a lot of the Bible colleges are... You know, Wheaton right now has been in the news, and I was accepted to Wheaton, but I, I didn't go there. And, you know, Wheaton seems to be a number of students supporting a professor who's teaching universalism, that all religions lead to God. Oh. Uh, you know, they have the, the adamant uh, Palestinian Zionist, uh, Christian Zionist, I should, say Christian, I should say Christian Palestinian. In other words, he supports the Palestinians and not Israel to have a right to their land as God gave them. And he's a professor at Wheaton. You hear all sorts of seminaries uh, compromising the Word of God. So we really need men like Charles Ryrie, Albert Moeller, and others who step in and bring the colleges back to the Bible. Nathan, you know, that has been on our heart. That's why we've also started the uh, Calvary Chapel Bible Prophecy School of Ministry, and we also wanted to integrate the truth will set you free to maybe we can start these colleges and seminaries and ho hold back to the biblical values and not compromise, because that seems to be happening everywhere. It is, and it is a sign of the end times. Uh, Revelation 3 talks about the church of Laodicea, the final phase of the, of the church during the church age, waiting for Jesus to come back, and it's recognized as an apathetic, spiritually lazy church who thinks it's wealthy, but it's not. I mean, we're a mile wide and an inch deep in all our sermons, and yes. so unfortunately our seminaries aren't producing 
pastors like they did that are just really passionate about the Word of God and especially about Bible prophecy. So it's a change. I, I think folks are, are, are giving up on, on Jesus' message of his soon return. But as we're reading here in First Thessalonians, uh, we should get very excited about it. Remember, the last verse of chapter 3, which we'll cover, talks about Jesus Christ returning. And so if they were excited about that in Paul's time, we should be even more excited about it in our time because we're closer to the time of Jesus. Woo, that is amazing. I want to say hallelujah and praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Nathan. And Nathan, but you see, and this is exactly what, what Paul uh, is talking to Timothy. He's a younger individual. He's passing on, right, what he knows on the faith so that the baton could keep going. And it's almost like what you and I are doing with biblical prophecy, using the airwaves to, t to teach people, encourage them. So we're going to continue to do that. And I think you brought up a, a great point here in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. So I'm excited, Nathan. Take us through. Uh, and uh, I think it's awesome. Okay, well, would you like to read through the first section, which is the first five verses? Uh, well, Nathan, I thought if it's okay with you, maybe we can pick it up in chapter 2, verse 17, and make our way through chapter 3, just in case someone wasn't tuned in. They can get sort of like the jits of both. Okay, well, that's a good point, because chapter 3 continues the thought of chapter 2. So why don't I pick up in 17, and I'll just go right into 3. Absolutely, thank you. Okay, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, for chapter 3, when we continue... We could not endure it. We thought it good to be left in Athens alone, and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Yeah. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation, just as it happened, and you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I said to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter attempted you, and our labor might be in vain. Mm, excellent, excellent passage. And Nathan, we see that in every step of the way, Satan is always trying to hinder the work of the Lord by discouraging people. Like we were talking about Bible prophecy, but yet here we find that Paul was sending the, uh, young Timothy uh, to encourage, and we need so much encouragement in this. We do. And folks got to remember as we study this is that the town of Thessalonica kicked Paul out. Paul was there with Timothy and Silas and uh, possibly others, and they were ministering, and uh, the, as usual, they went to the uh, synagogue first to try to win the Jews to Christ. If they wouldn't accept, they go to the Gentiles. Unfortunately, the, the Jewish people there, they raised a big boo-ha-ha, and they got uh, Paul kicked out. So Paul had established a church, and he could be there between three weeks to three months with a baby church. Right. These are baby Christians new in the faith. He's now in Athens. Silas has gone to Philippi. And now he's like, ah, I've left this church behind. They're not quite ready to stand on their own, and he's very concerned about them. So he's going to send Timothy back. And it's two things about Timothy. One, he's young, which we know. He was a very young man in the faith, probably you know, a, a, almost an assistant or an apprentice. He was likely in his late teens or early 20s. And two, Timothy must have been a very brave person because he's going back into a town that was openly hostile with them in order to encourage this church. So we know Timothy obviously survived it because Paul later writes First and Second Timothy, and Timothy's a little older there. 
But uh, he was a very brave young man who was willing to suffer tribulations and, and, and uh, persecution to help this church grow. Absolutely. You know, Nathan, you made such a, a great point, and we see that that is really the heart behind uh, Paul. And uh, that's why he went through so much persecution for the gospel and also for his belief in the, in the teachings of biblical prophecy, although they were ridiculed. And we see that, um, again, Timothy was sent. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of reminded, like, what well, you and Dr. Reagan there. <laughs> it's uh, the great partnership you both have. As he's an older gentleman, he's pouring on to you. And now uh, you also continue reading reaching uh, countless people with that message, uh, encouraging people everywhere, because technology today reaches the whole world. Well, you too. I mean, you were an associate pastor before you became senior, senior minister. That's the way it should be, right? I mean, if there was no one to teach us the, the Bible and mentor us and, and raise us up to be spiritually mature, then we couldn't pass it on to others. And so, brother, I praise the Lord for the long line of, that we're just a link in a chain yes. and that we, if we are spiritually mature, should be raising up other people to share the gospel and become spiritually mature. And, and that's the very definition of a pastor. So, man, you're on the front lines there. I really admire you for the work you do, raising up young men in your church. I've seen you do it firsthand. You're raising up young men, your own son, to uh, be spiritually mature and in the Christian leadership. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, and that's why we find that it is a battle today to be able to uh, stand. But we're going to notice in the next few verses, as you're reading here, that Paul is also saying to Timothy to stand uh, in, the, in the face of affliction. And Nathan, the, the sad thing is that Christians today don't want to um, realize that we are in a spiritual battle. There's going to be afflictions, there's going to be temptations, there's going to be challenges, but we're not to give up. We're not to throw in the towel. We need to continue to trust the Lord, right? Right, and that's what the new church in Thessalonica was facing. For one, they were baby Christians, so their faith wasn't was there. They were the elect. It says in verse one, four, uh, chapter one, verse four. So they're saved, but their faith is being challenged by two areas. One is that they lived in a very uh, pagan city, Thessalonica, and so there was a lot of temptations to go back to their old lives and engage in their sinful lifestyles again. And two, that they were facing afflictions, or he even calls them tribulations. Now. Uh, this is very important because a lot of people will point to this verse, 1 Thessalonians 3, 4, and say, Aha! Right. It says Christians suffer tribulation, therefore Christians will live in the tribulation, capital T. And that's not what Paul's saying at all. It would conflict with all the other teachings that Paul has concerning a coming tribulation where God pours out his wrath upon the world. Christians suffer trials and tribulations because we are light bearers and standard bearers for Jesus Christ. But that does not mean, and this verse is not saying, that we will live into the tribulation, which is God's wrath. Christians are never meant to live under God's wrath. Mm. You know, Nathan, that is an excellent point, and I think we need to highlight. Again, we want to talk to those of you that are tuning into the program. You're tuning into The Truth. We'll set you free. Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the rapture. We're looking at a verse-by-verse study in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Nathan, the reason why I'm right on with you, John chapter 16, another misunderstood verse. John 16, 33. Uh, again, John says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But this is not talking about the tribulation period, which is the seven-year period, right, Nate? No, no. Christians suffer trials, tribulation, suffering at the hands of man, the hands of Satan, obviously. But the tribulation, the, the seven-year tribulation that Daniel talks about and Revelation talks about, 
is a specific seven-year time period that is for the God's judgment to befall the world. Just like the flood did at this time, the world will face seven years, 21 judgments by God, and believers in Christ in the church age are not to suffer under God's wrath. So That's right. Not at all what Paul's saying. He's not saying, all right, well, I'm just making the case here that you guys are going to suffer through the tribulation. They're not. And clearly at this time period, they weren't in the seven-year tribulation. So context alone tells us that Paul wasn't talking about the capital T tribulation. Excellent point. And Nathan, and that's what we are going to continue to look at here in 1 Thessalonians, because even when we get into chapter 5 and on, again, Paul is talking about the difference between the wrath of God, right? And and also that that, that period that is really, uh, the Christians are not going to be here for that. Excellent point, yeah. you got to read and interpret the Bible in context. You can't just pull verses out and then just interpret them alone context will give us the meaning of the verses. Excellent point. So yes, Nate, continue to take us through there. That's just, this is amazing. Okay, well the next section, uh, 6 through 10, Paul's encouraging Timothy. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face hmm. and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Man, I just love that. You know, Nathan, I don't know about you, but verse 8 really stands out. It just reminds me there uh, in what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 uh, uh, about the spiritual warfare. And here Paul says, for now we live if we stand fast and i love this but stand fast in the lord not in our strength but in the lord's strength exactly well how as christians would you say as a pastor what do you teach about how christians can stand fast in the lord what does that mean and what do you do to stand fast in the lord well nathan that's a good question i believe today uh the biggest challenge is with our faith there's so many false religions trying to pull people away uh, from the true teaching of the Lord. And we see uh, uh, more and more false religions popping in uh, to discredit the name of Jesus, that uh, there's salvation through other ways. And now in our ministry, we constantly have to encourage our, our family members to study the Word of God, to stand true, to stand in the Word of God and in His promises. So, Nathan, the study of the Word in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is how we stand. Excellent, excellent. So, Standing firm in the Lord, we do that by understanding God, by studying His Word, and then growing in our relationship. It's interesting, Paul kind of lifts that out in verse 9, he says, For what thanks can we render to God for you? It's interesting here, he, he's not saying, hey, you know, I brought you to this church myself. He's saying, God gets the glory. And so there's a deep relationship, a thanksgiving, a praise of God. And I think we can use that, too, when we talk about standing fast in the Lord, is that being in worship and praise of the Lord and growing our relationship with the Lord will help us stand fast in it. Excellent point. You know, Nathan, and, and, and this is exactly uh, the thing is, you know, the question you ask, how can we stand? I mean, it just reminds me again, if I can read there um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, because the, the standing is also putting on the full armor of God. That's how we stand against the wiles and the attacks of the enemy. I don't know about you, Nathan, but we experience a lot of discouragement during the week, those fiery darts uh, of the enemy. And uh, uh, Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So again, putting on the full armor, Nathan, dressing ourselves spiritually by faith is how we also stand. That's a great, great passage. Yeah, the full armor of God. That's the whole sermon and study right there, but it's true. We really have to be in the Word of God. We have to be in a deep relationship with the Lord. You know, if I have a relationship with somebody and it's just hands-off and we don't really talk much or do much, then any kind of little problem that we have between us uh, that relationship's going to fail. We'll just drift away and not be anything more. And it's the same with God. We really need to be studying His Word, which is how He communicates to us. We need to be in prayer. We need to be able to discern what is false teaching from real teaching, again, by what the Bible says. So, brother, that's a great passage. You know, Nathan, and also what continues to come to my mind is just the reality uh, of what we're facing. You know, sometimes we talk about teaching biblical prophecy and we think, oh, let's just teach certain topics. But no, it's the Paul here is instructing this church not only in biblical prophecy, but in their lifestyles and standing in warfare. There's a lot that comes to us, right, Nate? There is. I mean, especially living in these last days, as the Bible says, these end times, as, as persecution, as false teaching. And so many trials, uh, like an apathetic church, an apostate church that we live in, all these things are affecting us. And here, when this is great to hear, that Paul sent Timothy to encourage them, and then Timothy returned, and what's his report? Hey, the church in Thessalonica is doing great. They're standing by the Lord strong. And boy, that just lifted Paul's uh, faith. He must have been smiling, and it lifted his faith, and it encouraged him. To hear that this little baby church that was only a few weeks or a few months old was standing firm on the Word of God, even despite hardship and trial. And that's a model for us, brother. I mean, you and I, we've been in the Gospel for years, and you know we're still challenged in our faith, and yet this baby church stood strong in their faith and their knowledge of God. And that's so important that we walk in the knowledge of God. Ooh, excellent point. Thank you so much, Nathan. Uh, and again, uh, just an exciting passage. Yeah, if you continue to bring us through, I mean, this is just awesome. Well, we get to the, it's very short. There's only 13 verses in, the, in chapter 3. Verse 11 begins, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you so that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Nathan, with all his saints. So Charles Rarian, right? Uh, all these saints <laughs> that have passed on, deal with Pentecost. We're going to see them again. Oh, brother. This is, again, a reference to the end of the tribulation, that seven-year tribulation that will come, where Jesus Christ will return with his saints. So here we go again, it's another reference showing that Paul's not talking about these people are living in the tribulation. No, you can't come back with Jesus Christ if you're living in the tribulation. You've already left before the tribulation, and you're coming back with Jesus. And when we look at Revelation 19 and 20, which shows Jesus Christ returning in his second coming with his saints riding behind him on white horses, and they return and we get to witness Jesus defeat the Antichrist, his false prophet, and Satan, and usher in his 1,000-year kingdom. So, brother, yeah, Charles Ryrie is going to be riding a horse. <laughs> you and I will be riding a horse. Anyone who's accepted Jesus Christ will be returning with him. And, brother, Paul didn't say that just out of hand. It's a great encouragement to him and to the Thessalonian church that they know that their troubles and tribulations are nothing compared to the glory 
that awaits Jesus Christ's children. Wow, you know, that is amazing. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into the Truth We Set Your Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition as we're talking about the Rapture Road, a verse-by-verse study in First Thessalonians chapter 3 as we're talking about the coming of the Lord. Nathan, I'm glad that you made that distinction because there's a vast difference between the Rapture and the Second Coming, right? And sometimes people get these mixed up. Well, when we get to First Thessalonians 4 in our next section, we are really going to get into the rapture of the church, which is the concept of Jesus Christ returning for his church. He meets us in the clouds and then takes us up to heaven. This isn't his second coming. His second coming is seven-plus years later when he returns with his saints, as it says here in chapter 3, verse 13, uh, to watch Jesus uh, win the victory over Satan and set up his kingdom. So getting the big picture to do that. He gives this church the big picture. Hey, life's rough now, but big picture, there's glory ahead. Mm, I love that. You know, Nathan, and in the next minute or two, I just noticed verse 13, because sometimes we can miss uh, the simple messages uh, in in the gospel as well, uh, in this message, but verse 13 tells us in a way how we should be living now. It says, so that he may establish your heart. And I like the next two words, blameless in holiness before God. So that should also be our stand now while we wait, right, Nate? That's great. That's great. Yeah. How do we live in these end times? How do we live knowing that Jesus Christ is coming soon? Brother, our hearts should be blameless. In other words, we shouldn't engage in sinful activities, and we should seek to be Christ-like, to be holy like Christ. Now, will we achieve that in these earthly sinful bodies? No. No. But we've got to be making an effort towards it. Brother, it, it gets me when you get these Christians who are living carnal, worldly lives, and they're saying, well, it doesn't matter. Jesus died for us, and so I'm saved. But the command in the Bible, again and again, is for Christians to lead blameless and holy lives, to be little Christ, so that when people look at us, they say, hey, there's something different about them. I want to know about this Jesus Christ. And that's why we live holy and blameless, so we can lead others to Jesus and so we, too, can become more Christ-like and grow in that relationship with Him. You know, Nathan, that's why we love to encourage people through biblical prophecy. Because, again, this passage is all about biblical prophecy, but this is not sensationalism. It's practical, everyday living. Because if we believe that Jesus Christ can return at any moment, it should impact and affect the way we live. Right, Nate? It should, exactly. I mean, just being saved, the Bible says that we are a new creation. In other words, uh, the old sin nature, though still there, is silenced in part by the Holy Spirit now living in us. And then we should be driven to be blameless and holy before the Lord and others. And we should also have this great desire to evangelize, to share the gospel in the short time we have left before he returns. Excellent point. And Nathan, we oftentimes like to... uh close the program as we get into the close with an invitation for people to be able to come because we know we can't do it on our own Nathan it has to be the work of the Holy Spirit and Nate will you be able to share with that person on the other side maybe how they can receive the Lord and begin the life of an overcomer well God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life Ask yourself, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and your Savior? If so, from your heart, ask for forgiveness of your sins. Pray something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And he promises he will do just that. He will forgive you of your sins, the guilt will be gone, and you can inherit that eternal life with him forever. And all you have to do is surrender your life to Jesus Christ. 
Mm, praise the Lord. Nathan, thank you so much for that invitation. And we pray for those of you that have been tuned in. If you have prayed to receive the Lord, hey, reach out to us. 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463-305-992-9537. And let us know you pray that prayer and we'll give you more information so you can continue in this wonderful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Nathan, I can't believe it. We've come to the close uh, of our program as we have been making our way through the rapture road. But I want to thank you, my brother, for all that wonderful wonderful uh, information that you brought to us to encourage us. You too, brother. This has been a great conversation. I, I praise the Lord for it. No, thank you so much. And we also want to thank all those of you who have been tuned into the program. Again, uh, reach out to us if you're in need of prayer. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones just encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus. He is coming very, very soon, and he loves you so much. We pray that you have a wonderful weekend again. Remember to pray for the family of Charles Rarian as we have dedicated this program uh, to him and his faithfulness to the gospel. So we pray you all have a great day. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.